Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jim Carr, and I'm joined with my good friend and co-host, Jason Zenger, in one new podcast at the new MXD facility here in Goose Island. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, Jim. How are you? I am good. It's late in the afternoon. Yeah. We're getting stuff done today, though, man. Yes, we are. We are doing some thoughtful succession planning here. Yeah, I know. We need to figure out how to replace you on making chips. Yes, you do. So, I mean, I'm not going to, to be me- around forever. To the metalworking nation, if you would like to apply for Jim's job, we are now taking the <laughs> applications. Makingchips.com forward yeah, slash I, careers. I make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nick got the no, so yeah. we are now taking applications to be the my new, my new he, co-host. He wasn't aligned with our culture. Exactly. No, Jason, I, I do not envy what you're going through now with your family succession planning with your dad and your sister and your mother and everybody involved and your wife and and everybody above. You know, I know it's emotional and it's tough. I I, I know what I went through with my family and during that time and it wasn't a good feeling and it took time. It took years, quite frankly. Yeah, it's been a process. I'll tell you that much. The good thing is that my family, they're all really good people and they all have the best interests of the company and everybody that works there in mind. So we're all on the same page as far as that goes. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't have to be painful. It can be emotional. It's got to it, be a little painful. One of the things that my dad said, he was like, if it's not a, just a little bit painful for everybody involved, you know, everybody's taking a little pain evenly. So. Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about our respective business successions in our respective manufacturing companies today. Mine a little bit older than yours because I did it 14, 15 years ago and how it played out for me. You know, everyone's business succession is entirely different based on the size and scope and complexity of, of the whole business. But I think that by us sharing our own personal experiences, it will help somebody out there in the metalworking nation to take away a little bit of the pain yeah. and just clear the clouds and make it Give a some bit, ideas. Yeah. Absolutely. What's right or wrong. So before we go to that, anything new in your company other than your business succession plan? That's enough. That's enough. That's I can enough. imagine. Yeah. yeah. Likewise at Car Machine, we're not- Having s- some tough conversations with Ryan, probably about taking over. I mean- Yeah, just at lunch. You might be today, looking I, I younger, said, but you're not getting younger. I'm not looking younger. I f- I'm feeling it lately, let me tell you. And we had a conversation with Dietmar Golner recently about business succession. And when he said it, I said, you know, I better start reaching out to some experts about getting this plan initiated because you can never start too early. But before we go to the episode and Jason and I sit down and cry about our business success, succession plans, Nick, do you have any manufacturing news? Yes, we do. We've got a little bit of news, uh, original article, and we've got a contribution for a chip from a chip-in contributor. So a manufacturing leader who sends us an article to publish on making chips. This week's news, though, is an article called Six Tips for Successful Family Business Succession Planning. What do you know? It's aligned with what we're talking about today. First tip. Where, where is this from? This is from the Balance SMB. Okay. So it's a small to medium-sized business publication. And the article starts by saying, start business succession planning early. 
That's what your dad said. The longer you wait, the more painful it gets. I know. I took that one to heart. The second point, involve your family in business succession planning discussions. So is that everybody? Is that what that means? I think anyone. When when they said the family, everyone, the wife, the mom, the dad, the brothers, the sisters. I think anyone who's clearly involved in the business or in, in some way could be considered. The article says opening a dialogue among family members is the best way to begin the process of a successful of a successful succession plan. Try saying that fast. One where close attention is paid to the personal feelings, ambitions, and goals of everyone concerned. So to answer your question, everyone concerned. If there's people who are clearly just not involved, then they don't need to be they there. Don't need to be in the discussion. Three. Third point: look at your family realistically and plan mm. accordingly. Realistically is the key word in that sentence. Four is get over the idea that everyone has to have an equal share. Oh, that's interesting. I think we're going to be talking about that a little bit, Jason, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five, train your successors and work with them. And the last one, and my dad brought this up too, get outside help with your business succession oh. planning. You have to have professionals help you with it. It's not something you can just do and put on a Google sheet and figure it out. You need your accountants. You need attorneys. You need you need people that have done this before to make it right. It seems like the overarching theme is just Starter. emphasizing communication. Oh, communication and, is key. Commu- yeah. I would say communicate now. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Actually, my article for this week is about how to have tough conversations about succession planning when you're the next in succession. And I think that's something that you'll probably talk about in this episode. When when you had to first have that conversation with your dad, you talked about how you did it over martinis and it was able to kind of break the ice a little bit so so you could have that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So wh- why don't we talk about that, Jim? How did that go with your dad when you took over Car Machine and Tool? Well, in full disclosure, I would say we started the conversation back in the late 80s and the early 90s. So my situation was a little unique. My sister was not involved in the company at all. My dad and mother had been divorced for years. My dad was dating a woman that I really didn't know that he could potentially ask her to marry him that would really disrail a lot of my ideas about business succession. And the bottom line with me was I thought, why am I putting a lot of effort into a business when I don't have a guarantee that this business is going to be mine after I put a lot of effort into it and I really grow it to where I think it could be. That was the big thing for me that I really had to think about and really made me start the conversation with my dad. Yeah, And as we said before, everybody's situation is unique and you just clearly communicated how your situation was very different probably than a lot of others out there. Honestly, the big thing was I didn't know that my dad was going to marry this woman. And I thought, oh my God, if he marries her, this business that I'm working in day to day to day to day could go to her. And then guess what? If she dies three days after my dad, that business is going to go to her kids. And I'm going to be sitting holding my ears. I'm going to have my fingers in my ears and playing twiddly thumbs with myself. That was the impetus in why I really started the conversation and I knew it was important. And quite frankly, when I said that to my dad is when he really listened to me. So I'm confused. Was twiddly thumbs the impetus or was your dad's girlfriend the I impetus? I mean, a situation that crazy, I would play twiddly thumbs with myself too. 
<laughs> well, you you know what I mean. I it was a tough conversation to have because he's in love, right? Well, he was in love, and people do crazy things when they're in love, right? And I didn't know as a young man in the business. All I knew is I was going in every day, working hard, doing my. 6.30 a.m. to my 5.30 p.m. shift and coming in on Saturdays and talking to him about things that were business relevant. And I thought, oh my God, if he marries her, the, the business could completely be pulled out from underneath me. And I didn't want to risk that. Well, I think I think that is very insightful for you to, to have realized that. And my dad actually thought about that same thing, even though, my, I mean, my parents are very happily married and hopefully they live for another 20 years together, happily married. But my dad kind of had the foresight that he probably, you know, his dad died at a young age that he didn't know how long he was going to live. And he, he had a conversation with me and with my mom and just said, you know, Hey, if something happens to me, it's immediately going to you because I don't want this to get into the hands of my mom. It's like, oh, I would never marry somebody else. Of course, she would say that because nobody ever knows what they want to do in the future. And I actually believe my mom that she wouldn't never marry anybody else. But you just you never, know. never know. And so you need to be protective and, so, and, and you know look what ahead. I would recommend for that. If somebody's in this scenario right now and they can't completely decide on a true business succession plan, right. I would get a buy-sell agreement and that's on exactly the what, table yep. right away and have everybody sign it and say, listen, if something happens out of the extraordinarily, this person has the first right to buy the business. Yeah, that's exactly what my dad did 10 years ago before we figured out our succession planning. So I, I knew I had a problem to overcome. My dad was didn't want to talk to me during the day. So I thought, you know, I know my dad likes martinis and we would go out, we would schedule times together to go out to dinner, we'd sit, we'd have a few drinks together. Sometimes they call that lubricating the conversation. Okay, if that's what you want to call it, that that's fine. I like to call it just lowering the inhibitions to create conversation and cl- communication. So you get your dad drunk and then say, well, hey, he, can I have the company? It, well, no, but it, I, no, you know. Says, Sign here, please. <laughs> we were looking eye to eye. We were in a relaxed environment outside of working. And that was the time to talk. So it just took time. Now, I'm, I'm talking from the first time that I brought it up to him to the actual time in 2004 when it finally got transferred over. I swear, guys, it was 10 years before it actually took place. So give yourself plenty of time to make this happen. Start the dialogue now because it could potentially take a long time. And then there's so many different avenues you can go down to actually passing the business over. You have to decide with your accountant and your attorney the best way to do it. Jason, anything to to add to that before we move on? Keep going, buddy. Okay. Well, so I got my team together. I brought in a business appraiser. I brought an attorney. I brought our corporate accountant in. And we started the process. We started open dialogue about what it's going to take to to get the machine transferred over. And I learned a lot, man. I learned a lot about business appraisals. We happened to get a great attorney through our corporate accountant and... He had done a lot of this before, so I would I would recommend I wouldn't get a real estate attorney. I would get an attorney that has experience in business succession, family business succession plans, because they're going to be the one that are most privy to the right way for you to move the business over. How did it all go down? Well, my sister had part of the 
shares of the company. My dad had the most shares, and my sister and I had equal shares of the the business. So the first thing we had to do is once we got a valuation of what the company was worth, you have a hard number to work with, right? So then my sister owned 10% of the business. So the first thing I had to do is I had to buy her out of the business because she had absolutely no interest. And she was okay with that. She was fine. She didn't have a choice. She didn't have a choice. Well, you have a choice. You could say, no, I'm not going to sell you these shares. Yeah, but Jim was bigger and stronger than his sister. Well, I think that she figured it's either now or never. And it was just, it was just, that was an easy part to get over. She wasn't working in the business. She had no interest in the business. She didn't know about the business. She didn't know the first thing about what we did. And so that was an easy thing to overcome. The hard part was actually paying her out those hard dollars over a period of time. The second part was how do I acquire my dad's 80% of the business? So again, it was different because, you know, my dad was single. He owned all of these shares and we had to transfer them to me during his lifetime. So is there any parallels to my business succession plan to yours that's happening right now? If you want to share, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I don't I, want to open up any can of worms here. No, it's okay. I, th- I think it's I can share now. There's definitely some parallels there, like you said before. The, these are difficult conversations to have. I would say one of the the big differences is my sister is actually involved in the business. She runs Zenger's accounting department, and one of the differences there, though, is that. I also have another business, which is Black, which is my wife and I. And so we have two similar businesses that at, one, at some point in the future are going to be brought in together. My sister does not have the same... I think some things changed for her like when she became a mother because she doesn't want to take on the same levels of stress and accountability, say, that I want to take on. And I think for those reasons, we realized that it was best if the ownership of the company just relied within my wife and I. I think it was the best thing for the future of the company and also the best thing for my sister. And she ended up agreeing with that as well. I think sometimes people have visions of grandeur of what, of what it means to own a company. It's not always good. And sometimes and it's ha- not easy. It's not easy. And sometimes when you have a minority percentage in a company, it's especially not necessarily a good situation because A, you don't have really any kind of any say so whatsoever your hands are tied tied. but in our case when you have an s corp you have financial burdens that could come out at the end of the year if the company's you know profitable and you don't have any kind of resource to be able to collect upon that burden if the company doesn't want to pay out a dividend or or something else so i think when we put everything together the scenario that we're going to put together is that the business is going to be in my wife and i's hands which is better for our marriage and my sister and I are going to be involved in any kind of like, you know, real estate or non-operating ownership in the future. That's kind of the way that we've put it together. Of course, we value the company, like you said, all that kind of stuff. We're going to did you get a business appraiser? Our accounting firm did a did an appraisal, and then we negotiated. You know, there's a lot of things that you need to well, take. There's into three cons- different cu- types of appraisals: a fair market value, a median value, it's probably book value, and a book value. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So everything has to be because I think according to the IRS, there's some kind of term for it when it goes from like 
parent to child where you have to be careful with the valuations from an IRS standpoint. And so we I didn't I didn't remember. It might that might have changed. I don't know. But but there is there is some kind of requirements as far as the value that you put on the company. But we're paying my dad out over over a period of time and my sister's gonna be getting half the cash, assuming that my parents don't spend it all, which they don't plan on anyway. So right. so you know, is she getting half the company? Yeah, she's just getting it in the form of cash instead of stock, which I think will end up being a win win for everybody in the long run. Good. Thanks for sharing that. How important of these three things, the business appraiser, the attorney, and the corporate accountant, which of those do you think is the most important person or do you think they're all equally as important? I think they're all equally important. I mean, I our appraiser and our corporate accountant were all, well, the appraiser I think was on the corporate accountant's team. I believe I could be wrong about that because my dad handled a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I just ended up negotiating a final price. So like the appraisal price that my dad handed over to me was not the price that we ended up settling on or the terms. One of my big things was when I bought the company, I didn't want to be handcuffed in any way. I wanted to have freedom and because to me, freedom is more important than anything. And there's a lot of situations like, like family business succession where you're really handcuffed. And I refuse to be handcuffed. That's a big part of who I am as a person. I don't well, want that, to. That's exactly how I felt because I didn't know that my dad was going to marry this woman. And I right. did, could you imagine what if, what if he passed and she took over as president and she knows nothing about my business and she's telling me what to do after I've been. I think it would be funny, but you know, yeah, not, I'm not, sure not, you for would. For me, it would be funny, but not you know for what? you. I'm glad you're laughing because I wouldn't be. But anyway, that was I get it. I get about being handcuffed. I, no one wants to be handcuffed, and especially if you're going to put in the time and the effort to to grow the business and have a vision for for success. I don't want any upsets at mm -hmm. all. So that was really the whole impetus in why I went back to my dad and and pushed him to move forward. So now I've got a legacy continuing. I've got, as everybody knows, Ryan Carr is now in in the company. And he's 27 years old and we're thinking this is probably the plan. And now I've got to really think about what's the right thing to do and, and how is it all going to play out? Because he, right now he's one third of my offspring and we have to value that one third amongst all the kids. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Thank God your kids aren't there yet. You don't have you don't have to start playing that game yet. To be quite honest with you, I've already started thinking about my succession and I've got some ideas that I may start following through with sooner rather than later and might be different than what everybody's thinking as well. Ooh, so. cliffhanger. That is a cliffhanger. Suspense. It is. In so, in ten years we'll have to do an episode on it. Yeah. No, maybe sooner than that. <laughs> Ooh. Jason, what would you say the call to action would be for that manufacturing leader out there that's in a situation that they either A, are going to pass the business down to a family member or B, the, the kid, the cousin, the uncle is in the business and needs to talk to their superior about having that business succession plan put into into motion get the conversation going no matter what i mean push the conversation go out and have a glass of wine over the conversation have the conversation now i don't care if you're if your parents just offered you 
the job and you haven't even started, start having the succession conversation because it's that important to start having it now. I mean, if you're the parent, make it a part of the conversation right now. I mean, it needs to be had now. The, the longer you wait, the worse it gets. The sooner you have the conversation, the better it is going to be for everybody. And what I would say is start networking with other people with peers. Yeah, you get know? some ideas. Get some ideas. Uh, obviously, Jim's got a way, I've got a way, but if, I mean, it's, if you're you know, listening to the show, you're getting information already. So you're networking with us, even though you're not physically talking to us, we're talking to you and telling you us, but you're already being proactive by listening to us in, in our particular situations. I would also say meet with local associations or chambers of commerce in your area and talk to experts within those associations. They will guide you. And there's guidance to be people within those channels that can give you some really some quality information back. Yeah, because I mean, you don't want to have something like this be an impediment in your business. We all need to be growth oriented. And, and if you let the intricacies of who's going to be the next owner of a family keep you back because the owner is older, you're going to have people that are going to leave you if they don't see that succession coming in the future. You bet. Call to action is what Jason and I just said. I would recommend taking some of those small tips that we just share with you and acting on them. And don't forget to subscribe to makingchips.com to get all the information from the Boring Bar about all our weekly articles that we publish. There'll be a lot of alignment to business succession in those weekly articles that will probably be able to help you equip you and inspire you to get moving on it. Because at the end of the day, if you're not making chips, you ain't making money. Bam. Bam. As always, thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time. Not he knows this. I wasn't going to wipe it, <laughs> but I, I certainly didn't want to look at that booger <laughs> hanging out of his nose. <laughs>